And I believe that one of the things that the church needs in our present time is the ark of God. And I believe the ark of God must return to the church and come to stay. And so tonight, I discussed the topic, it is time to bring back the ark of God. It is time to bring back the ark of God. We shall read one main scripture, but from two different versions. We shall read First Chronicles chapter 13, 1 to 3. First Chronicles chapter 13, 1 to 3. And the first version we will read is the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. First Chronicles chapter 13, 1 to 3 from the New Living Translation. David consulted with his officials including the generals and the captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows. If you approve, and if it is the will of the Lord, our God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and the Levites in their towns and pasture lands, let us invite to come and join us. It is time to bring back the ark of God, for we have neglected it during the reign of Saul. And there are two sentences here I want to draw your attention to. It is time to bring back the ark of God. And the second sentence that we want to look at is that for we have neglected it for we have neglected the ark. Let's take the same scripture from English Standard Version. David consulted with the commanders of thousands and hundreds with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you, and from the Lord our God. Let us send abroad to our brothers who remain in all the lands of Israel, as well as the priests and the Levites, in the cities that have pasture lands, that they may be guarded to us. Let, then let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we did not seek it in the days of Saul. This scripture, when I read it for the first time, a few things happened to me. I began to look into it and try to understand. But let me give you a little background to this scripture so we can appreciate it well. In an Israeli war, against their ark enemies, the Philistines. The ark of the covenant was captured by their enemies. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, 
10 to 11. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and they fled, every man to his home. And there was a very great slaughter, for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell, and the ark of God was captured. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. At this time, the people of Israel had sinned, and they went to war against the Philistines. And the Bible says that the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. And many of the Israelites died. When the Philistines took the ark, they took the ark to one of their cities called Ashdod. And in that city of Ashdod was one of their gods called Dagon. And so they took the ark and sent it to the house of Dagon. But the Bible says that two things happened. Dagon fell twice before the Ark of Covenant. It fell. I think that in the first night it fell, and then they put it back. And in the second night, when it fell, it had broken. The neck was somewhere, the hand was somewhere, and so many things had happened. So, and then the second thing that happened there was that the hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod and its environs. And when we say that the hand of the Lord was heavy, what it means that the hand of the Lord was against them. Then they moved it from Ashdod and sent it to another city called Ekron, also in the land of the Philistines. And there, three things happened. There was a deadly destruction throughout the whole land. The hand of the Lord was against them also. The men who did not die, were also struck with tumors. So it was a terrible time for the Philistines. So what they did was that they prepared a new cart which carried the Ark of the Covenant to Beth Shemesh, and later the Levites carried it to Carith, Jerim. And if you read further, you find out that the Ark of the Covenant found its way into the house of Obedidom for some time. Now the Ark of the Covenant remained there until the reign of, the king, of king David. So when King David took over the leadership of, of Israel, then he decided to prepare a place for the Ark so that the Ark would be brought back. And so Bible says that David consulted with his officials, including his generals and captains of his army, then he addressed them and told them that, look, the Ark of the Covenant has been somewhere for a long time, but it is time for us to bring it back to where it belongs to. Hallelujah. Our theologians have made us to understand that the Ark of the Covenant was a pointer to the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the Ark of the Covenant pointed to Jesus Christ. For all the materials that were used in preparing the Ark, the acacia wood, the gold plating, the mercy seat of pure gold, the two angelic statues called the cherubim and 
uh, and the cherubim and then the contents, the two stones and everything that has to do with the ark actually pointed out to Jesus Christ. But the people of Israel did something that was dangerous. David said that we have neglected the ark for some time. We have not cared for the ark for some time. And I want to announce to the church that the ark of the covenant is such that you cannot neglect the ark. And if you neglect the ark of the covenant, you neglect it at your own, at your own, you know, disaster. It is really dangerous and catastrophic to neglect the ark. And so he said that it is time to bring the ark of our God, for we have neglected it during the time of the reign of Saul. But I pray in Jesus' name that we will not neglect the ark, but we will take care of the ark and we will appreciate the ark as we would come to understand. But the question is, why should the ark of the covenant be brought back? Why should David insist that I need the covenant, the covenant of the ark of covenant, the ark of God must be brought back. And I want to give one or two reasons. And after that, we'll look at one other thing and pray. The first thing I want to say is this. The ark of the covenant or the ark of God represented the presence of God. The ark of God. The ark of covenant to the Israelites. It represented the presence of God. And so to lose the ark of God simply meant that the people of Israel had lost the presence of God. And so David said that we have lost God's presence for some time. We have lost God's presence for a long while. But it is time for us to bring back the ark. And I have come to announce to you and to remind you, church, that it is time for us to go after the presence of God. And we must do everything that we can and everything that is within our power to bring back the ark, to bring back the presence of God. I believe that the only thing the church needs today is the ark, which is the presence of God. If there is something the church needs and there is something the church must go for and look for, I believe that the church must run after the presence of God. For when we lose the presence of God among us, we are just but a mere society. The church is not a church without his presence. And when we come together as a church and we do not encounter his presence and we do not experience his presence, people of God, we have come to waste time. And if we did not come, it would have been better. And so David said that we have neglected the ark for some time. But it is time to bring the ark back. And I want to announce to you that we are in the days 
And we are in the times that if there is something the church must go for, there is something the church must pursue, the church must not pursue money, the church must not just pursue material things, but if there is something the church must pursue, it must be the ark. It must be his presence. Can I hear him in church? Otherwise, we become mere noise makers. So when we come to church and speak in all kinds of tongues, when we come to church and, and make all kinds of noise, we sing and we clap, we jump and we shout, and we do all kinds of things, but we do not encounter his presence. People of God, we have wasted time. If we come and we do not encounter his presence, we, we, we would have been better to use the time for something else. For his presence, as somebody said, is heaven to me. It is his presence that makes every difference. It is his presence that turns things around. And so David said, we have lived here for a long time, but we cannot go through like this. The ark of God has been neglected. The ark of God has been left in the house of somebody. But the ark of God must be given its, its, its due place. The ark of God must be positioned where it must be positioned. If the church will come back to itself and give preeminence to the presence of God and recognize the presence of God and place where the presence of God must be placed, the church will be turned around. But if we neglect the presence of God, everything that we do become mere carnality. And everything that we do become mere formality. And this is my concern tonight. That we will go after the presence of God and we will run after the presence of God. So David said that it is time. It is time. Let us bring back the ark. Let us bring back the presence among us. Let us pursue the presence of God. Let us run after the presence of God. And this is what the church of old did. They did everything, church. They pursued the presence of God. They ran after the presence of God. And whenever they met at every level, at the children ministry level, at the youth ministry level, at the, at the church level, at whatever level that they met, they encountered his presence. And everybody left the place satisfied and everybody left the place delivered because they had encountered his presence and I am praying that the presence of God must return into his church and must take preeminence must stay where it must stay because that is what we need among us and so David said that it is time to bring back the ark it is time for the ark to return but you see the ark of God, the presence of God, does not just come at all, but it has to be cultivated. The presence of God must be cultivated. And so the, the ark of God does not just return, but we must work at it, we must pursue it, and we must make cautious effort at bringing the ark back. And so if you look at David, the Bible says that David consulted his generals. He consulted his leaders. He spoke to the people of Israel. He spoke to the assembly, the entire assembly, and told them that, look, we have neglected the presence of God. We have neglected the ark of God. 
for far too long. We must make sure we bring it. We must call it. We must bring the ark back. And so the ark of God comes by cautiously cultivating the presence of God. The presence of God is felt when you cautiously cultivate his presence. And so to bring back the ark of his presence is not about the lip service and it's not just about mouth. But to bring back the presence of God has to do with prayer and has to do with worship. As we pray, we bring down his presence. As we worship, we bring down his presence. As we pray and we worship, we invoke his presence upon our lives. And so it is not just, it is not just by shouting and it is not just by mouth, but it is about making cautious effort, cultivating the presence, and we cultivate the presence by prayer and by worship. And you will remember that when the people of Israel, the apostles indeed, when they were threatened never to mention the name of Jesus again, the Bible says that they went back, they reorganized themselves, and they began to pray. And as they prayed, the presence, was, the presence of God was, was heavy in that room. The presence of God filled the entire room where they were gathered. And the Bible says that the place where they were standing could not accommodate the presence of God that was full in that room. And the place that they were standing began to shake. I came to announce to you that the presence of God comes, but it comes by prayer and it comes by worship. So it is not just by just going around and shouting, we need his presence, we need his presence. No, it calls for prayer. And Bible says that David did not just get up to go and bring the ark. Bible says that he called his elders, he called his generals, he communicated, he made cautious efforts. He organized work on it. And I have come to encourage somebody in this room to learn to cultivate the presence of God. And cultivating the presence of God, it's prayer and it is worship. And so, we need the presence. We need the ark. But it is by prayer. And it is by worship. Again, it, is, it comes by consistency in devotion. When you wake up in the morning, and you have time with him, and when you, you, you spend time praying to him, worshiping him, reading his word, listening to him. You feel his presence all around you. And at that time, when you go out of your room, you step out of your room, you don't fear anything. You are bold as a lion because you know that he is with you. You have spent time. But what do we see these days? Immediately we wake up in the morning because of the pressures of this world, we are already out there running to go to work and we don't spend time with him and we don't spend time to hear him. We don't spend time to seek his face by cultivating his presence or invoking his presence does not come just by mouth, but it comes by consistency in devotion. And it comes by walking in righteousness. You see, sin drives away his presence. Sin pushes away his presence. But the more you walk in righteousness, and the more you walk closer to him, you, you experience his presence. And I came to tell you that it is time for the ark of the covenant. It is time for the ark of God to be brought back into its place. 
It is time for us to carry his presence. In our meetings, we need his presence. Even if it is a business meeting, but not a prayer meeting, may his presence descend among us. Yet, any meeting at all, whether a fellowship, whether a ministry, whether whatever it is, I am praying in Jesus' name that whenever we meet as a church, as a body of Christ, may we be carriers of his presence because it is his presence that will make the difference. And the Bible says that David called for his generals and said, let us bring back the ark for it is time to bring back the ark. If we have neglected the ark for far too long, today God is calling us, bring back the ark. Pursue the ark. Pursue his presence. Can I hear amen? Number two, the reason why we need the ark is this. That it is only by the ark that Jordan River can be divided. It's only by the ark. It is only by the ark that Jordan River will open up for the children of God. The ark of the covenant the presence of God will ensure that every Jordan in our lives runs away. And you remember in the books of Joshua, and it shall come to pass, this is what God's saying, talking to Joshua, it shall come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, then the waters of Jordan shall be cut off. The waters shall come down from the upstream and they shall stand still. And so the people of Israel had gone to a point that they were going to the promised land and they were faced with Jordan. But they didn't know how to cross the Jordan. And God said that, don't worry, let the priest carry the ark and let them go ahead of you. Let them step in the river and as they step in the river, those who are carrying the ark, when their feet step in the river, then Jordan will stop. And Jordan will give way for the people of Israel to walk on a dry land in the middle of Jordan. Now let me tell you this. Jordan was never afraid of the priest. Jordan was never afraid of those who stepped into the river. In actual fact, Jordan could have swallowed. Jordan could have, could have, yes, swallowed those who were just carrying the ark, who stood in the river. They could have been drowned by Jordan. But the secret is that, though Jordan was not afraid of the people who stepped in the water, they were afraid of the ark that the people were carrying. So it was what they were carrying that they were afraid of. And so immediately those who bore the ark put their feet in Jordan. God had stepped into the river. And if God steps into the river, who are you river not to give way to God? And the reason is this. They were carrying an ark. They were carrying his presence. And when his presence got into the river, Jordan had no other excuse. And Jordan had nothing to do but to give way to the men of God. Church, until we carry the ark, we shall stand behind Jordan. We can complain. We can do all kinds of things. We can somersault behind Jordan. 
We can member behind Jordan. We can, we can fight among ourselves behind Jordan. But until we come to a point where we carry the ark, the ark that represents his presence, we will always stand behind Jordan. But if we go back for the ark and we begin to carry the ark, which is the presence, if we become the carriers of his presence and we step into Jordan, Jordan has no other thing to do because the master himself has stepped into the river and Jordan must give way. I pray in the name of Jesus, may the church go back to the ark. May the church go back to the ark. May the church go back to the ark. May we go back to his presence. May we be carriers of his presence. Now, when we talk of Jordan, Jordan represents situations where there seems to be no way. So when you get to Jordan, it appears that there is no other way for you. You cannot cross. That is where you must pass and go. And many of us have gotten to a point that it appears there is no other way for us. It appears we have been blocked. There is a big Jordan ahead of us. We have come to a point that there appears, it appears that there is a barrier. We have come to a point that we cannot go forward or come backwards. But you sleep carefully. You cross Jordan and you're on the promised land. You cross Jordan and you are there. Some of us have gotten to a point that we are almost there, but we never get there. It gets to a point that we are almost getting the breakthrough, but we never get the breakthrough because we are in front of Jordan and Jordan is frightening us. Jordan has become a barrier. Jordan has become a blockade. And for that matter, you cannot jump over Jordan. And it appears you are succeeding and you fail. And I have come to be worried in recent times about so many things. And I've come to realize that there are many of us when, when it's like the opening is coming. It's like we are, we are there. It's like we have gotten through. But somehow, something happens and we don't even get there. Because we have come to stand behind Jordan. We are seeing Canaan. Canaan is just behind Jordan. But how do we get over Jordan and get to Canaan? But I have come to tell you that the answer, the solution, is not any other thing, but the solution is the Ark of the Covenant. If you can go back to the Ark and carry the Ark, which represents the presence of God, I tell you, every Jordan must give way. But you see, look at this. In the days of old, it was not everybody who could carry the ark. It was only the priest. And you remember Uzzah? When they were bringing the ark back, and Uzzah made an attempt to touch the ark because the ark was shaking, the cart was shaking, and it was about falling. And so he wanted to touch the ark and put it in its proper perspective, proper place. Bible says that Uzzah died. Because he did not qualify to carry the ark. He did not qualify to handle the ark. But I came to announce to you that you, by reason of the blood of Jesus Christ, by reason of the blood of Jesus Christ, by reason of the blood that was shed on Calvary, you qualify to carry the ark. You qualify to carry his presence. Church, you are not an ordinary person. The Bible says that. For we are a kingdom of priests. We 
are a chosen generation. We are priests. We are kings. And so as we sit here, we are kingdom of priests. The blood of Jesus Christ has washed us and has made us his priests. And so when we go before him, we go before him as priests. We go before him as ministers. We are his ministers. And so if Uzzah touched the ark and he died, you, when you carry the ark, you will not die. But when you carry the ark, you will receive life because you have become a minister, because you have become a priest. May I announce to you that you qualify to carry the ark in the name of Jesus. May you go back to the ark and may you carry the ark the act of his presence. And it is that that will make the difference. And church, my worry sometimes is this. There are some of us, our testimonies have always been, I nearly got it. I nearly got it. Our testimonies have always been, I nearly got it. And sometimes it is true. You nearly got it, but you never get it. It is because we are standing behind Jordan. But we need something that is mightier to open up Jordan. And that is why some of us, we take the seed all right. But we never have the child. It's aborted. Some of us, we, plow, we write all kinds of application letters. Not that we don't qualify for the job. Not that we don't qualify. Not that the proposal is no good. But we never get it. You write all kinds of good proposals, but it doesn't get through. It's because we are standing behind Jordan. And we need something that is mightier. We need something that is heavier. We need something that is stronger to carry us through. And I am saying that the Ark of the Covenant, Jordan was not afraid of the ministers. Jordan was not afraid of the Levites. Jordan, the Levites would have been ordinary men and women like we are. But there was something that made the Levites unique. Such that when they stepped into the river, the river had to give way. There was something. What was it? It was because they were carrying the ark. Because, because they had the ark on their shoulders. And I am praying in Jesus' name for those of you whose testimonies have always been and nearly got it. Tonight, may we go back to the ark. May we carry the ark. The ark of his presence. May it never be said, I nearly got it. But may it be said that I also had it. Because it is the ark that makes the difference. When the ark steps into the river, there must be a difference. The river must give way. Jordan must run. Jordan must part. And Jordan must give way for the ark. Can I hear amen, Chair? And so my desire tonight is nothing but the ark. My desire tonight is nothing but his presence. But I've told you that his presence does not come just by somersaulting. The presence does not come just by shouting. It takes prayer. It takes worship. It takes consistency in devotion. Tonight, I want to rekindle the spirit of prayer among us. That we shall rise up to prayer. We shall rise up to prayer. I want us to go back to prayer. I want us to go back to worship. I want us to go back to living in righteousness. Because sin will run away, will drive away 
the presence of God. And as we walk in righteousness and live in righteousness, uh, the righteousness will attract his presence. And we shall be carriers of his presence. And as we carry his presence, Jordan must run away. Jordan must give way. And so, I've come to say that the ark represented his presence. And we cannot do without his presence. And we cannot do without him. Can I hear amen? amen? The third reason, church, that we need the ark. It is only by the ark that Dagon will bow and Dagon will fall. It is only by the ark. When Dagon rises up against the children of God, it is only by the ark, it is only because of the ark that Dagon will fall. When you go to 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3, when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon falling on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon in its place. Now this is where they had captured the ark and had brought it into, into the home of Dagon. And the Bible says that when they put the ark down, they went to sleep. And the next morning, they said, let us go and see what has happened. When they went, Dagon had fallen to its face, to the earth, before the ark. Church, it is only by the ark that Dagon will fall. And I don't know the kind of Dagon that is arising against you. But the most important thing is to carry the ark. Because as you carry the ark, Dagon must fall. And the Bible says that they put it up into its place. Let's go to verse 4. And when they arose the next morning, there was Dagon falling on its face to the ground before the ark of the covenant. Now look at what has happened. The head of Dagon and both the palms of his hand were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's, what is that? Torso hmm? was left of it. So they put, they carried the ark and put it into the, the home of their God. And the first thing that happened was that Dagon fell. And they said that maybe we didn't put it down well. Let's put it down well. They fixed it well. Where they had to nail, they nailed it. Where they had to screw, they screwed it. Whatever they had to do to make it firm, they made it firm. And they put it there and went and slept. Now, the next morning when they came, that gong had fallen. But this time, it had, it had fallen. The kind of fall was more dangerous. It had fallen such that the head was off. And that the palms were also off. And it was left with only the body that was falling prostrate before the ark. That is what the presence of God does. And that is why when you can cultivate the presence of God, you do not fear witches, you do not fear demons, 
Let all the demons come together. All the witches come together. Let them rise up against the child of God who is under the presence of God, who carries the presence of God. Let them come together. They will fall today. They will fall tomorrow. They will fall the next day because nothing can stand against the presence. So they thought they had overcome. Listen carefully. Sometimes the Philistines will assume they are winning the battle. And sometimes it will appear they are winning. In this case, it appeared they were winning. And they had even captured the ark of God and had taken it. So it looked like they were winning. But they didn't know what was about happening to their God. So they put it in their room, the, the temple of their God. Their most sacred place. Their most holy place. They put it there. But when Omega meets Omega, I said when Omega meets Omega, then we can determine Omega ho ho. And so, they put their God against our God. They put their king against our king. And when two powers meet, we see the most powerful. And Dagon fell. The people of the Philistines will not accept defeat. They will not accept defeat at all. People of God, today they will come at you and as if you are defeating them, they will, go, they will come back tomorrow. They don't get tired. They will always pursue. Their motto is that somehow it may work. It may work, so let me give it a try. And so they tried a second time, fixed Dagon well, secured it better, but there was a greater humiliation that was about to come on, the, on Dagon, the people of Philistine and their God. And I can't imagine what would have happened to them. And I can't imagine their reaction when they came and entered the room. And they said, ah, where is the head of Dagon? Dagon's head cannot be found. Where is the palm of Dagon? The palm of Dagon cannot be found. It was only the body that was lying. Then they realized that they, are in, they have chewed more. They, I mean, they have bitten more that they can chew. I came to announce to you, you shall not fear witches. You shall not fear demons. You shall not fear demonic powers because the presence of God makes the difference. The most important thing is to, for you to be a carrier of the ark. Be a carrier of the ark. Carry the ark. Make sure that all the time you carry the ark. And if you carry the ark, nothing shall happen to you because you are safe by his presence. You are safe by his presence. And so, then they said that no, this thing, we cannot live with this thing. We must return it because we are afraid. And if Dagon is falling now, then what will happen tomorrow? So quickly they arranged and took it to somewhere else because the presence of God is so powerful. The Bible says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you shall find refuge. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, 
nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes in noonday. Now, when I read this scripture, I always get to know that indeed there are, there are terrors of the night. There are terrors of the night. There are some terrors that appear in the night. There are some arrows that flies by day. There are some pestilence that stalks in darkness and destruction that wastes in noonday. But the good news is this. Once I carry the ark of God, let all of them be thrown at me. I shall not be afraid. The Bible says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear any evil. Why? Because your presence is with me. I shall not fear any evil. Why? Because I carry an ark and the ark is a covering over me. His presence is a shadow over me. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and they are saved. Who will come up against the servants of God? Who will stand against the servants of God? Who will stand up against the one who carries the ark? Nobody can stand against the one who carries the ark. Nobody can stand against the servant of God under the ark. What we need to do is to go for the ark. Follow the ark. Run for the ark. Make sure you carry the ark. Be a carrier of the ark. And I've told you that days ago, you and I were, were not qualified to carry the ark because we did not belong to the Levitical family. But thanks be unto God that in our days, that in our times, in the New Testament era, there is nothing like a Levitical family. All of us have been, have been, have been, oh, we have been, we have been, brought into the Levitical family. And so you are a priest, you are a minister, and because you are a priest, you are a minister, you qualify to carry the ark. Tonight, may somebody go for the ark. It is time to bring the ark. It is time to cultivate his presence. His presence comes by prayer. His presence comes by worship. His presence comes by consistent devotion. Today, may we go back to the ark. May we go back to the ark. And as we carry the ark, nothing will stand against it. And so that child of God who walks in fear does not know who he is. And so you go to the market and somebody has gone for some juju and has come to put on your, on your, on your table or seat. You don't know the person you are dealing with. I am a carrier of an ark. You go to your office, there are some offices that they, they jujulize themselves. There are some offices they jujulize themselves. And then they will throw all kinds of things. And woe be you if you touch a child of God. Woe be you if you touch somebody who carries the ark. Hey, we are unique. We are special. We are carriers of the ark. And tonight, if you have put the ark down, David said that we have neglected it for a long time. So let's go back for it. If you have put the ark down to day 10, go back to the ark. If you have put it down, if you have not, if you have not been caring for the ark, to day 10, let it be a U10. Go and carry the ark. And as you carry the ark, the ark will deal with all other issues. You want to stand up? Let's pray. Come on, stand up and let's pray. And begin to pray. We are